Hello, uh, this is Tina Brigittini, Crystalline Awaken, and uh, bridging the world of holistic therapies. Today I'm sitting here with Nicole, and I'm going to let her say her last name just so that I don't uh, crucify it for her. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, so please uh, welcome Nicole. Hi, it's Nicole Exafaris. Exafaris. Okay, that's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Nicole is a life coach, um, but she's got an interesting background and story and how she actually got into uh, be, becoming a life coach. And a thing that we all have to be aware of here is that there are many different people who are doing life coaching, right? Yes. There's some true. certification programs you can do online. Um, but you went and got your life coaching certification where? I got my certification in Iowa, in Des Moines, Iowa, with Mitch Mitchells and Elite Life Coaching. And it was a fantastic training program, incredible people. So it was, it was a real gift for me to be a part of that and still be a part of okay. their work. Yeah. So, Nicole, what got you uh, to go and do life coach certification in the first place? Well, I had been working in construction, which mm -hmm. is a pretty big leap, but my whole life has been bent on trying to help people really discover for themselves how to live authentically. And that took form many different directions. Mm -hmm. It was through how they presented themselves and their dress, their manner. I taught art at the Worcester Art Museum and it was really exciting for people to really question what kind of image am I putting out and what do I want to be putting out? And there wasn't always a match. So it kind of been looking to help people see, well, what is it that you want? Who are you? Who are you? And what's the best way for you to get that out there? And it just kept growing. It, um, it encompassed their environments. And mm -hmm. I loved construction because, well, first of all, I just, I love architecture and I love art and construction and home building is like sculpture. So it's starting really getting deep inside someone where they wanted to be, how they wanted to live and to express that in 3D, to be able to walk through it, for them to see a process of an idea that became this amazing envelope. Okay. Um, you know, just, I know everybody can't see Nicole right now, but um, she is definitely artistic and has an artistic flair. Um, she's come in today in a very colorful dress. Um, it's very nice. And, you know, you can see the way that she's presenting herself is she's putting herself out there as a very colorful person. Um, and that's what I'm seeing here today. As I've been sitting here talking with Nicole a little bit before we decided to get on the air and uh, have this conversation so that we could share it with all of you. Um, I find her background very fascinating. Nicole, you mentioned that you, uh, you are, you're an artist, you were teaching art. Yes. Okay. Um, and what, there's many areas of art. What, what were you teaching? What was the, the, uh, well, I had taught a variety of different things. I taught things from children to adults. I taught game board design, not computer games, but actual board games. I always loved board games. Mm -hmm. So we actually create the entire concept 
What is the game about? How do they move around? What's the goal? What's the objective? What are the rules? Okay, stop there because this is really cool. As a life coach, everything that you just said, everything that you just said ties into a board game, right? Yeah, the game of life. It's <laughs> like the game of life. And did you ever create one called the game of life? No, but I actually never made the connection until you just said that. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, the obstacles, what are the goals? How do we get there? Uh, that's fabulous. That's awesome. So I see how you, with this love and passion for architect, art, and how it is tied into life coaching and how you're actually taking people now on a path to get them to where their goals are. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, what kinds of uh, topics... When people come to see you for life life coaching, what are some of the uh, areas where you feel people are really looking for the most support? Well, I feel that people often come with a prevailing illness, so to speak. It's the presenting what they're telling people, well, I need a job, I, there's a lack of money. And it may start that way, but then it gets much deeper as to why is that, what, what's been happening that's been creating either blocks of growth, not going for ideas that were hoped for, and issues like confidence comes mm -hmm. up. People not feeling comfortable about presenting their ideas or really valuing themselves. So it's not necessarily, it, the money is what shows up as a result of the lack of confidence, or it could be fear-based, afraid yeah. of something that might happen. And so sometimes they're not really in contact with the connection so a lot of time our work involves discovering, just like you did for me with mm -hmm. that game, which amazes me, is <laughs> that people aren't aware how the, they connect their, the result, the action that they're seeing in their life right now, which could be, I'm still stuck in my job, I really want to be moving forward, I have this idea, but I really don't know if I should go for it, mm -hmm. to looking at where they really feel inside themselves, where they're afraid of letting something out, it's not gonna be good enough, I'm not good enough, and trying to tap into that space and fixing that, working on that, so they get out there and they're just psyched. They just, you know, I know it, I love it, I feel it, I'm ready to be it, but without getting to there, all the other goals and to-do lists aren't gonna really amount to much without really conquering the inner areas that okay. need development and help. Yeah, it was interesting what you, what you talked about. So I'm thinking about your background mm -hmm. as a, um, you own a construction company. Do yes. you still own this construction company? I, I no longer own the construction company. Okay. I still am involved okay. to, in the transition period yeah. and I help and work somewhat in conjunction, not just with um, my former partner, but with other people in the building industry, where there is someone who is trying to express themselves and want to really do that on a deeper level, or more so working with people who have had some major change in their life, either a loss of a loved one mm -hmm. or a divorce, and they're living in an environment that just everything reminds them of this painful past, good or bad. You know, they could have had a loving relationship for many years. But then having these visual reminders and, and feeling good about moving forward and making some changes. So it's kind of coming to terms with what's happened, where they are, and 
how to focus on and find what is the new goal? What's the new aim? You know, what are we hoping for? And having the environment completely nurture and empower that goal. Okay. Uh, so I find this really interesting, uh, somewhat fascinating. Um, I, I would perceive a construction company as something that um, is probably more the male-dominated uh, world. Yes. Um, you agree. And I'm smiling. Yes. <laughs> Can't see and, that. you know, um, and, and I also heard you say, you know, confidence, uh, what's in people's way. And um, I, I, I am going to say that for the most part, women are probably um, not as secure when it comes to finances. Yes. Um, and maybe not even uh, in the way that you're putting it is not as secure in even creating their finances. So there's that part of them that blocks them, that mm -hmm. gets in their own way of success. Um, and I'm listening to you and your story, and it does not sound like you had those same challenges. Did you have somebody uh, early on in your life that mentored? Um, you know, where did you find your strength and courage to go and do something uh, as courageous as starting a construction company? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think I come from a background where there were lots of challenges mm -hmm. and I had to rely on myself for a lot of things. I did, I was able to perceive and see people in my environment and what was happening in their life and made decisions. Either I wanted that or I didn't want that. So I had created a set of guidelines for myself, or game rules. and um, But I was able to take the good with the bad. I was able to see with my mother, she was a single mom, also an art teacher, really incredible woman, but she had a lot of the things that we're talking about, a lot of difficulties and um, a lot of lack of confidence in certain areas and extraordinary in other areas. Mm -hmm. So I could see from her the things that she could achieve because of her drive to do her best to take care of us, me and my sister. Mm -hmm. And so I think a combination of being told so frequently that you can do anything you want to do, almost to a detriment to the sense of, well, why can't I do this? Why isn't this happening? Mm -hmm. I, I have a hard time accepting. If someone says I can't do something, it's an immediate challenge for me. It's like, well, why not? Mm -hmm. So I challenge myself. Okay. And with construction, it wasn't, it didn't feel so much like a challenge, but I certainly met with challenges and certainly met with challenges from a uh, male perspective. And there were, there were some people who were incredibly supportive and there were some people who just because they loved me when I was more of the design coordinator, but as soon as I became the superintendent on the job, complete breakdown of communication. So there, were, there was a hierarchical role mm -hmm. um, that got turned. They didn't like it. And communication was always an important thing for me. So I always wanted to understand why something was happening or why were you feeling this way or why would you want to do that? And like, let's really look at what's happening here so we can, what's the goal? You know, it's always the goal for me because we can work on this. We can create that. But if someone on the other end isn't really interested or they don't want to fess up, well, I just don't like having a woman here telling me what to do then it's hard to get anywhere. Back to your question about uh, where did I look for my role models, I would, I would have to say the women in my life who had their own challenges and they did their best. They may not have achieved everything they wanted to, but they did the best with what they had. Mm -hmm. And 
I took away from that what I could. Okay. So you have managed to create yourself a, um, we'll call it a successful life. And because you're doing what you love to do and you love construction. I do. You love art. I do. And what you learned, uh, at least what I've been learning from you, is that what you learned from the construction and the art, because you had so much to do with the design of things, is that you were connecting to people on an emotional level. This emotional level, uh, but was also a place where there was a fine line there. So whether you could cross that, that's exactly right. Actually, I really respected that. Um, I respect because I feel so much. I'm empathic in the sense I can. I really can feel stressors and people, and I understand boundaries. Um, and it was difficult for me because I would say before anything else, before my other loves, I love people. And I would see people and seeing my mom and family members where they were stuck and wanting better for them. I always looked at situations like how could this be made better? And wherever I was happened to be working or in whatever, you know, whatever hat I happened to be wearing at that time, it was always how can I help people be happy and love who they are and, um, and feel good about it. So that really was the underlying theme. The other things were kind of transitions. And what was frustrating for me is that I really wanted to help people and I restricted myself to whatever role I was playing. If someone called me and they wanted a kitchen remodel or they wanted a second floor remodel or they wanted an addition, I would go way above and beyond in asking questions why. What did you want to get out of it? How did you want to experience the space? What kind of relationships did you want to have here? And they were pretty much blown away because they'd never thought of those questions or they certainly weren't expecting a contractor to come in and ask those questions. So they thought more deeply about it. And even how you set up your kitchen, do you have, you know, or is, are you all eating at an island and are, are you all facing one direction and not each other? Because that eventually will play into your conversations with the people in your life and in your home. So these were things I would think of and bring up as questions and, um, and hopefully together, because it was all about them, mm -hmm. uh, would be to create what they visioned as their ideal life and how they wanted to live it. And I just translated it into the hard, you know, materials. Okay. And throughout all the, this experience, it sounds to me like you, um, you developed a new passion. Well, the passion has always been people, but this, this uh, underlying passion for really wanting to support people on a deep level. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just about talking about their kitchen, but now it becomes talking about everything or anything that is in the way of them moving more towards their vision, their goals. Um, and to find that place of confidence within themselves. Yes. Yeah. Um, Nicole, you were telling me earlier you've got um, you've got quite a few uh, events coming up. Yes. And um, it sounds to me like you're working with some different populations. Uh, what What are some of these events, and and where are they? I have a workshop coming up in Newport, and that will be working with specifically the hospitality mm -hmm. area. It's working with a gentleman who developed restaurants and has been working his adult life 
and hospitality and wanted to see more balance and with people that are there having them feel less stress be happier with what they do and and how to deal with stresses how to really handle goals what they want whether it's in hospitality or whether it's not so we'll be working with a lot of people in that area on that yeah in that range but also working on Martha's Vineyard with people who are really suffering from domestic violence mm -hmm. and that can take the form of actual physical abuse mental abuse verbal abuse all even if they're not sure but they're not comfortable mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be retained to it but that's the that's where it's coming from so it can definitely be working on and will encompass goal setting but really identifying because it's such a fragile place mm -hmm. and a lot of it comes from a place of fear and not feeling good or not knowing where to go next. So it, it's a totally different feel of where we'll be starting off there, but I'll be helping them to overcome some of their own barriers to yeah. success. When you talk about emotional abuse, um, as I was listening to you speak, it's, it's an emotional, somebody who's being emotionally abused can feel like a victim. Uh, but the fact is, is that if you uh, didn't grow up as a victim mm -hmm. of some kind of abuse to begin with, yeah. you're not a victim, right? I, I understand what you're saying. So you can you have, don't see yourself that way. Well, you don't see yourself like that, and you you certainly don't have to take on that role. If you don't see yourself as a victim, you're not a victim. You, you don't take on that role, so yeah. you can still have an abuser around. Yes, uh, but they're not really willing to affect you that way. I can't see as adding to your life mm -hmm. as much. Well, you wouldn't have them around, most likely. Yeah, well, <laughs> someone who grows up with it sees it and feels that it's more normal. Yes. And that's that's the thing is nice. Well, it's not that bad. Yep. You know, and I've seen worse, and, you know, it's it's okay. I can deal. Exactly. Rather than knowing what it feels like to not have that. If you feel, I can relate it to your body. Mm -hmm. If you are feeling generally pretty good, and then you go to lift something and your back hurts and you throw your back out somehow and that's very prevalent. You know what it was like before, you know what it's like after. Mm -hmm. Then you don't want that. You're waiting to get back to that state of being whole, healthy. But if you grow up with something where it's degrading, where you feel that general threat or yeah. just uncomfortable, it, it's so ingrained yeah. into your being you don't know what that's like. So if you ask someone, what do you want, and you don't know anything else, it's really hard to even describe. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes that's a barrier to itself. I, I don't know, if you ask someone, what do you want? I don't know, I don't even know how to verbalize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You know, as I was listening to you um, just now, and you're talking about it's so ingrained, you know, it's, it's, it is. And, um, you know, it'd be interesting, you must, I'm sure you have techniques that you're using to get people to the other side because if you haven't had the experience of being treated with respect as a human being um, and as you described it people are like it's not that bad uh, how do we get them from uh, you know point A to point B to the place where they recognize that it is that bad I think it's valuing them as a person and being in an environment where there's respect mm -hmm. and feeling the difference. It's, it's to me, 
it, it's kind of like when you use an affirmation, you're just kind of saying something, you're mouthing the words, it's something you want, but if you don't know what it actually feels like to have that thing, it's hard to have the emotion associated with it. Yeah. And so you're trying to help them feel the difference yeah. and feel what it feels like to have someone really listen to you, to yeah. really care, to see that it matters. It matters that that hurts mm -hmm. or you know you don't feel good about something and let's talk about that and and there's different ways you asked about techniques there's many different ways everybody's very different in how they process you know, how they think how things kind of work and so the, it can be spontaneous mm -hmm. some of it might be visualization some of it could be expressive arts techniques where they can draw it out and the object is not to create a picture but to express an emotion and that emotion speaks. Okay. And so they can see it from, they can see it themselves because it, they'll feel it in their body. But sometimes when you're so used to a negative environment, you've shut down your emotions so much mm -hmm. that it's even hard to feel something. Yeah. And you don't want to validate it either because it's, it's bringing up even more. It's, it's even a scarier road mm -hmm. to go down. This there, is a, there are many layers. Yeah, this is a big one, and, and there are many layers to that. Um, and you also mentioned, um, you know, working with people to, you know, reach goals. And, you know, I know that there are people who have the goals of they want to become uh, a little freer financially. Yes. Uh, maybe they want to buy a new car. Uh, maybe they want to leave a relationship. Yes. Um, and that can be a big one. Sometimes yeah. people are staying in relationship just to stay in relationship because, you know, it's that, that fear factor. Absolutely. How do I, I can't move forward because I don't know what's on the other side of the door. Right. Uh, and that stops people from moving forward. And um, you mentioned earlier that you're, uh, that you do a lot of, uh, or at least that's part of the workshops that you do is working with confidence. Absolutely. And especially women, empowering women. It's empowering women. It's empowering people. I, I really love to help people see yeah. where, they're, where they're stuck, what that fear looks like, mm -hmm. because often they don't identify it that way. They'll, they'll maybe call it something else, or it'll be, I don't want to use the word excuse, but well, sometimes there are excuses involved, or it's this or it's that. But I like to get to what is the real source here and can we spend some time finding out what you really feel will happen. And one way to conquer a fear rather than having to actually go through it because it is fear that holds us back from things that we don't know. Mm -hmm. But as they say, your mind doesn't know the difference between something imagined and something real. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we imagine the worst case scenario yep. so that they can actually have that experience of going through it in a safe environment where they're controlling it, mm -hmm. and then what would happen, and it brings up, well, then this might happen, and well, then, geez, that would happen, and then, oh my God, wouldn't that be horrible? And they can see it. We, we work through a process yeah. of getting to a place where, after discovering that, they know what they're really dealing with, mm -hmm. rather than it's something else, or it's this person. The person is the symptom of, you know, what's really going on inside. Because I know with certain people, you try to pull something over on them, but you, you know you would never go to that person and try that because they just wouldn't let you. Mm -hmm. But we have certain ways of letting people do things to us or accept certain behaviors some other people would never do. And you kind of 
help you see it a different way and right. feel the confidence to say, hey, that's not okay. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I love what you talked about um, as far as, you know, our, our feelings real and imagined. Uh, that is something that, hip, that's what hypnosis is all about. Um, and we were talking about hypnosis for a, for a yeah. couple minutes, a, a brief time. Um, that that experience of feeling, that's another place that uh, comes up in hypnosis. If we can experience and fully feel something, that's where it becomes more true, more true for us. Mm -hmm. So um, we have an easier time accessing something that we can actually really experience. And this idea of affirmation that you talk about, yes. it's, affirmations are basically words without Emotion. Without the emotion and the feeling behind it, right. there's nothing's going to happen. And um, you know that book. What was that book? Uh, the book about affirmation. Uh, there are many. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Th I can't even think of it. I never read it, and people would say, "Oh, did you read that book?" Uh, because this is all about that book. And I said, "No, I haven't read that book." Uh, it, it comes down to affirmations, and a lot of people are uh, in this mindset, well, if I just say this affirmation over and over, even though I'm not feeling it, there's no emotion to it, that it's going to manifest, and it actually is never going to manifest until we can actually feel it. Tap into the emotion. Tap it's into the all the senses. Yes. Because that's what is, that's the power behind manifestation. I hundred percent agree with you. Yes. <laughs> I've experienced it personally in my life and that's actually took me on a whole nother journey yeah. trying to understand how come it works here and doesn't work here. Exactly. You know, so so it is interesting. You need the emotion, you need the feeling, but if there's a part of you that's cutting off that feeling and emotion, then you're not experiencing the full result. And so what happens is you start to feel worse. For right. it's not gonna happen. I keep saying it and saying it and you're just saying it like it's a mantra over and over and over again. And you're not getting anywhere, and you start to doubt yourself, start to doubt the whole thing. And uh, yet, it actually does work when right. you tap into all your senses and your emotions and you get really focused on it. Yeah, I love it. Um, one of the things, uh, the reason that I'm actually sitting here with Nicole today is that she came in to talk to me about what she does. Um, I find it uh, really fascinating. I love that she is a successful businesswoman in addition to. Um, somebody who is very spiritual and is on a path and her mission in life is is to support and help people and that is the mission of Crystal and Awaken. Um, she came in because we are talking about doing a workshop and uh, we'll be scheduling one actually right after this interview here. Um, but I wanted uh, Nicole to just talk a little bit more about her spiritual um, evolution and where she's been and uh, so much, of, not so much of where she's going because we know where she's going, but where she's been. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I grew up in my mother, I had mentioned before, was an atheist. And um, just, it's funny, we didn't talk about it much. It was just something I knew. And yet I had this crazy need for understanding spirit as a very young child. I would sleep over friends' houses that went to church so that on Sundays I could go to church with them. And it didn't matter what church it was, I've experienced so many different churches, Lutheran churches, Baptist churches, it just, 
you know, Catholic churches, just everything. And I always would listen. It just so focused because I really thought they were telling me how everything would work. If I just paid attention, I'd understand life. And one of the churches I got a Bible or from one of the parents, I don't even remember. I would hide it <laughs> in my underwear drawer when I was a little girl. And at night I would take it out, read it, highlight what I've read, and I would think about it. And, um, and this went on for a couple of years. And then one day after, um, actually it was a series of times, but after uh, church, I, I would want to go up and speak to the, the priest. Well, what did you mean the Lord is our shepherd? What, what does that mean? And I was dismissed too often. They just, they had no interest. They would just kind of, sometimes wouldn't even mention, would turn, just turn around as if I hadn't spoken a word. And it, I found it incredibly discouraging because I was really sincere. And I went outside, and this isn't to put down church in any form, because I, I honestly, I love spirit. I love God. I think we all access it at different points. And uh, it's, we're all on the same thread. So it's wherever you are, that's cool. Um, but for me, in those situations, the organized religion, I felt, let me down because I was looking at it for, um, again, I'm, I'm talking like late elementary school, early junior high, and um, going out into the parking lot and then seeing all these adults, you know, it was half their height, talking about each other and all the things they said not to do in, um, in church. And so that really confused me. And I said, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. This isn't right. And so I stopped going. And I still had this incredible need and I still thought about it and I'd pray at night, whatever that meant, and um, ended up getting older. And when I went to college, I went to UMass Amherst and there's a huge community out there of different thinkers and spiritual sources. And I ended up going to India and spending time in um, Bangalore at an ashram and really had an amazing, incredible experience there, connecting to a different part of spirit and to me, and that, that has remained with me forever. And I still look everything as spirit. I'm also Wampanoag um, Indian from Aquina, Martha's Vineyard. So my grandmother was Protestant, my grandfather was Greek Orthodox. We, we have a really full house of <laughs> different spirituality. So I actually enjoyed that so much because I felt like I got a sampling of the world and I was trying to understand it from this far off looking down at it. And I felt like going to India helped me do that. And I continue to just be a person of spirit. And really that just means trying to do my best to help wherever I can and improve myself. That's awesome. Um, so I'm looking forward to this workshop that we're going to set up Me today. Me too. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that wants to know a little bit more about uh, you, yep. uh, would you just give them the website? Sure. You can check out my website. It has uh, different things that I do there. See a picture of me. <laughs> um, and you can find that either under my name. That would be www.nicolexafaris.com. That's N I C. O-L-E-X-I-F-A-R-A-S or livingachieving.com and that's www.living-achieving.com Nice. Um, so we'll keep everybody posted. In fact, um, I've got a feeling I'm just going to send this out okay, with great. the announcement. Hello, everyone. <laughs>
for our workshop. <laughs> All right, so look forward to it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, Nicole, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right.